reading for today comes from Genesis chapter 2, and I'll be reading from verse 18 to 23. Now the Lord God said, It's not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper, suitable and complementary for him. So the Lord God formed out of the ground every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. And the man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in that place. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and he brought her and presented her to the man. Then Adam said, This now is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Thank you so much. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. It's lovely to be back with you all. My name's Trace. I'm one of the pastors here. And it is a delight to bring the Word of God to, do, uh, to you today. Um, as uh, Daryl said, I did. Um, be, I was in London um, for the King's coronation. I was actually not there for that. I was there for a leadership conference, and it was a wonderful time. And um, it was certainly pretty surreal uh, standing in uh, Hyde Park when uh, everybody said "Long live the King," and you know there were thousands of people saying "Long live the King." I think I'll remember that forever. Um, but it is actually lovely to be back. Very, very lovely. Back with my family. Uh, so uh, certainly very nice to be with them today on Mother's Day. Um, today I am going to steer us slightly into a different space for our Mother's Day talk. Uh, today I am going to be sp not only speaking to the mums... I'm going to be speaking to all of the women in the room today. Uh, so, you know, men, welcome, uh, but I'm not really speaking to you today. If you pick something up about your wives or your partners or your mum, sisters, all of those things, that'd be great. Definitely speaking to the women, all of the women present today. Do you know uh, that in 2023... A recent study has shown that a woman's self-confidence peaks when she is nine years old. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty awful. When I think of all of the life lessons that you learn as a teenager and all of the growth that happens in your 20s, the achievements, the, the amazing things that happen in your 30s, the careers pursued, the people in our lives that we're caring for, all of the realities of life, all of the things that we achieve, yet our self-confidence is peaking for a woman at the age of nine years old. And the reason today that I bring that up is because it's actually quite sad. Because this is not how God created us to be at all. When God created man and woman, his intention was that they would flourish. They would both flourish. That they would together rule the earth and together they would fill the earth and they would thrive. 
And today I want to explore the original text in a deep way that brings the proper meaning to our passage today. It might be a narrative that you haven't really heard before. So I pray, my prayer is that your heart, your heart would be open to it. God had created all of the elements of creation and after each one, he had said that it was good. But after Adam, he says that he, he doesn't kind of say it's good yet. There's something wrong. He says in Genesis 2.18, he said it is not good for Adam to be alone. And this passage is designed to highlight and emphasise the vital necessity of Eve, of women. 18 verse 18 says now the Lord God said it is not good that means it's not beneficial for the man to be alone I will make him a helper and that word helper is one who balances and more accurately is a counterpart who is suitable and complementary for him today I really want to focus on that word helper because it is really uh, important for us to have the true and full meaning of what that word is. So the word actually is translated from two uh, Hebrew words called Azar Konegdo. So we're just going to look at the first word, Azar. When God describes women here, he's describing in relationship to man. And in Hebrews 2, 2 Hebrews, sorry, God describes how two are designed to go together. They are made for each other. Once together, they are to be resourceful and a satisfied pair at home together in Eden. So this word, Aza, is in the Bible a lot. The most common use of the word, Aza, is actually used in a description for God. Now, in no way am I saying that women are God, so don't hear that. We're drawing the line. Definitely women are not God. But he uses this word to describe, uh, this word is used to describe God in most of the cases uh, that it is found in the Bible. In Deuteronomy 33, 7... God is the Azar of Judah. And the NIV translates this to be, O be his help against foes. God is the Azar who helps with superior strength. The Bible uses Azar to describe one king who helps another as allies in battle. I love that. Allies in battle. The word Aza here refers to someone on the same level who helps by sharing their strength with another. Aza describes aspects of God's character in other passages. He is the strength, the rescuer, the protector and the helper. And Aza is the word God used to describe the woman in Eden. Eve was someone who was going to provide vital help to Adam. And then connecto means similar to him, corresponding to him or equal to him. And this is a picture of two people facing each other. 
and that's why it can be translated to be corresponding. Robert Alter is a renowned expert in Hebrew literature and language and he highlights the implicit strength in the word Eza. In comments in uh, when he comments on Genesis 2:18 he writes Help is too weak because it suggests a merely auxiliary function, whereas Aza elsewhere connotes active intervention on behalf of someone, especially in military contexts, as it often appears in Psalms. Alter translates Aza Konegdo as a sustainer beside him. An Aza Konegdo as a counterpart, one who works together with another as they help each other through the sharing of their strengths. Walter Kayser addresses the misunderstanding that this scripture has had in the past. He says, The woman was never meant to be an assistant or a helpmate to the man. The word mate slipped into the English since it was so close to the old English meet, which means fit to or corresponding to the man. And what God had intended then was to make a power or strength, that is, Aza, for the man who would in every way correspond to him or even to be his equal. So when I talk today of women being equal to men, I want to make it really clear that when I say equal, we are in no way saying same as, because women are designed really differently. God has designed men and women in different ways, and actually we are different in every single cell of our body. I have been doing some rather extensive research uh, and discovered many ways that men and women are different. So what we're going to do today, though, is just quickly look at the senses uh, that we have, the five senses. For example, for women, even in the womb, girls begin to outperform boys in the ability to hear. Girls are more sensitive to small changes in volume and as they mature, they will soon be able to detect subtle inflections within the human voice that are imperceptible to a male brain. This is due to the small hair cells in the inner ear of women vibrating more intensely than men. Isn't that remarkable? amplifying their hearing ability. In fact, in order for the average boy to hear as well as the average girl, one's voice needs to be amplified by about eight decibels. So there you go, men. That's a fairly good excuse to not be able to hear sometimes. That's good. Although a woman might take it to task that a man seems incapable of hearing her while she's performing, while he's performing another task, there's actually good reason for that as well. Partly because of the greater number of connections between the two hemispheres of the women's brain, she has an extraordinary uh, ability to multitask. But on the other hand, researchers have found that if you scan a man's brain while he's reading, they found that he's virtually deaf. So there's your go out, there's your get out of jail card, guys. Virtually deaf, that's that's actually could be seen as a strength. 
So I guess it is Mother's Day, so I get I, I get away with pointing out, you know, the benefits for women, but just so that it seems a little bit fairer, uh, let me point out some strengths that the men have. Because of the testosterone bath that the male brain receives while in utero, his auditory system is formed differently, giving him the ability to tune out ambient noise. So this actually gives him the ability to focus on the object of their attention. And they also have a greater ability to locate the source of a sound in a three-dimensional space, better than women. So although women have a greater ability to discriminate between colours, men have a stronger ability to gauge depth perception and track moving objects in space. Apparently that's a helpful thing for them to be able to do. But then women are superior at reading facial expressions and understanding body language. They are adept at reading nonverbal messages, not only to decipher the validity of the spoken word, but to assess unspoken needs. When it comes to smell, women outperform men in detecting and discriminating scents. So Dr. Pamela Dalton exposed men and women repeatedly to different scents to measure their ability to detect particular odours. With repeated exposure, the men made no improvement in detecting the scent, while the women's ability to detect the odour improved 100,000-fold. That's remarkable. Why? Women have on average seven million more cells in the olfactory bulb than men. When it comes to feelings, uh, we know that women are often more emotionally uh, in tune, but one study also found that they had greater sensitivity from pressure on their skin, and even the least sensitive woman was more sensitive than the most sensitive man. So women outperform men when it comes to the detection of temperature as well. So men, the message for you today is when she needs the heater turned up, we need to do that because she is sensing the temperatures more accurately. All this to say that women and men might be equal before God, but we are definitely different. God has clearly designed us to be different on purpose. Today, I also want to highlight, though, that not only are men and women different, but each individual woman is different. We each have our own unique set of giftings, our own personalities, our own passions. And we all have these unique stories of our childhoods, our experiences of God and a unique calling to serve him. Today, I want to briefly look at uh, several women who were used by God, called to a special purpose for his kingdom. So we are going to start with Deborah. Deborah uh, was a woman who is mentioned twice in Judges. Uh, there is no hint in the text that her gender was any, in any way a problem of her being referred to as a judge and a prophet. The Israelites recognised her authority in both these spaces and they went to her when they wanted justice and guidance. They went to her seat, which was called the, the Palm of Deborah, just north of the crossroads of busy trading routes in the centre of Israel. Now, unlike many other judges, Deborah did a good job as leader and prophet. 
She was an effective spokesperson for God and her prophetic leadership extended to commanding Barak, the general of the army. Barak respected her, relied on her and followed her orders. And Deborah herself did not shy away from entering into the war zone. And as a result of her leadership, which which may have continued for a generation, Israel had rest for 40 years. Having a woman as a judge was not a punishment, as some have suggested, as Israel prospered under Deborah's leadership. She was a blessing. We need to be careful that we don't stand in the way of godly women when they are gifted in leadership. Whether it be in the church, whether it be in the courtroom or a boardroom, God calls many women into leadership and we need to cheer them on. Deborah was a strong woman. She was an Azar connector. Holder. Holder is in 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles where the same account is repeated. And according to the story, Josiah is the young king of Judah and has just been told that they found the scroll of the law, which is actually the book of Deuteronomy. It had been rediscovered after being forgotten for many years. And Josiah's secretary then reads the scroll out to him. And Josiah, being a godly king, is deeply concerned with what he hears. He commissions a delegation of five of his most important men in with the charge. He says, go and ask the Lord on my behalf and on behalf of the people and on behalf of all of Judah concerning the contents of this scroll that has been found. So the delegation go directly to this woman called Holder on behalf of the king and on behalf of the nation. And Holder replies and speaks on behalf of the Lord three times in her prophecy, some of which is recorded. She declares, this is what the Lord says. Holder was bold. She was a confident woman who served her community. She was strong, acting in her role as Asa Connector. Rahab. She was an innkeeper and God chose her to have faith, risk her life and to help the Israelites. We have incredible women in this church with gifts of hospitality, gifts of cooking and baking, cleaning and of providing. And these women are strong. Naomi and her family fled to the country of Moab because of the famine in their land and her husband had died. Her two sons had married Moabite women, Oprah and Ruth, and after 10 years both Naomi's sons passed away and Naomi heard that the Lord had blessed the land of her people with food again. And she told her daughters-in-law that they could return home and find new husbands. But although they both wept at leaving her, Ruth refused to leave Naomi's side. Naomi loved her daughter-in-law and she guided her in her new land. Many mums in our church have found Australia as a new land. They have uh, come from other spaces and this takes a lot of hard work. There is a lot of burden in coming to a new foreign land and we acknowledge that today. Women who have emotionally had to leave uh, a place that they have loved, family that they have loved and this takes incredible tenacity, incredible grit. We need our women women with 
uh, grit and these women are definitely strong, strong women. Anna spent her days and nights fasting and praying in the temple in Jerusalem. She was there when Mary and Joseph brought the baby Jesus to the temple and from that time she began telling everyone who was waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem about Jesus. What a strong and steadfast woman Anna was to stay for year upon year upon year praying and fasting. Phoebe travelled from Corinth carrying Paul's precious letters to the church of Rome. Paul speaks about her warmly and tells the Romans that she is a diakonos, which means minister or deacon of the church at Corinth and a patron of many. We need our women who bravely share the gospel. This also requires strength. Junia was a missionary and at one point at least was imprisoned with Paul. Junia was passionate about the gospel and needed people to hear the message regardless of the cost. You know, more than two-thirds of our missionaries around the world are women. I can't think of a more challenging way to minister than to be a missionary in another country and all of the challenges that that presents. And today I, I'm actually just thinking of my niece. She's serving in Nairobi, uh, helping with a school that is rescuing kids off the street. It is hard, hard work. But she is a strong woman. She is definitely living out her role as an Asa Connecto. Lydia is the only Philippian Christian that is named in Acts 16. And she seems to have been especially involved in the birthing of the Philippian church. Lydia was most likely one of the leaders of the fledging church and she was one of the people who preserved Paul's apostolic teaching in the critical early days once Paul and his team had moved on. We need church planters like Lydia. And that takes strength as well. Mary and Martha were both devoted disciples of Jesus. Sitting at someone's feet was a really unusual position uh, for, well, it was the usual posture that the disciples had. So if you were sitting at the feet of a rabbi, that means that you were there to intentionally learn to, so that you could be put into service. This was extremely countercultural for Mary to be sitting at the feet of Jesus, but he affirmed it. And he said, keep studying, Mary. Learn about these things in, while he affirmed her uh, at his feet. Many women in our churches study they study hard and they study for things in universities. They might be studying uh, formal Bible study. And this requires tenacity and strength. And in that way, women are identifying as Asa Connectos. Lois and Eunice were beautiful, amazing pictures of women who had strong faith and who passed it on to their children. And I honour all of the mums and grandmas in this room right now who literally take the word of God and they pass it on to the next generation. There is truly uh, nothing more that uh, would be more important in our lives than to do that for them. 
It says in uh, 2 Timothy 1, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, he's talking to Timothy, Lois, and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now who lives in you also. Timothy had been taught well. We're not told if his father was uh, still alive or uh, whether he had divorced his father, but we do know that the father did not have the same faith. And so the tenacity of those women was even uh, greater because they had to fight against the fact that he didn't have a faith in the Lord. And so they persisted and taught Timothy in those hard circumstances and Timothy grew to have incredible influence in the early church. Today, we have amazing women in our church raising their children, raising the next generation. And we want to champion you so much in what you do for the next generation. Lois and Eunice were both very strong women. And so now I just want to uh, draw your attention to other women that God has called throughout the generations, uh, since the Bible. These women also paint an image of Asa Connecto. Amy Carmichael, a 28-year-old Amy Carmichael, arrived in India from Ireland as a missionary. She soon realised the plight of girls as young as five and six years old who were married to the temple gods and forced into lifelong prostitution. One by one, she began to rescue the girls and became the mother to more than 1,000 girls. Amy ministered among the poor and untouchables of India for 50 years. Amy was a strong Azar connector. Betty Green had, an enor uh, had been enamoured with flight since she was a girl. After getting her pilot's licence and serving in the Women's Air Force uh, Service with pilots in World War II, Betty helped found Missionary Aviation Fellowship. We know it as MAF. Any, anybody um, know about MAF? They're amazing ministry around the world. She became the first MAF pilot and she served for more than 50 years in numerous countries around the world. Betty was strong. Corrie and Betsy Ten Boon, these Dutch sisters, neither of whom had been married, helped many Jews escape the Holocaust by hiding them in their home during the Nazi occupation of the Netherlands. Then one evening their home was raided and they were arrested, interrogated and sent to a concentration camp. Betsy and Corrie held Bible studies and maintained their faith despite the brutal conditions in the concentration camp. Betsy died in camp, but Corrie was released through the clerical error one week before everyone her age was sent to the gas chambers. There is an amazing story of courage, faith and forgiveness. Both Betsy and Corrie were incredibly strong women. Harriet Tubman was born into slavery in the Marylands. Harriet Tubman escaped to freedom in 1849 and she made 13 trips back to lead more than 300 slaves to freedom in the Underground Railway, earning the name Moses. 
Uh, she took many risks on every trip. And Harriet said she relied completely on the voice of the Lord for guidance. And she served as a nurse, scout and spy during the Civil War and later advocated for women's rights to vote. Harriet was strong. And there's actually a movie. I encourage you to see this movie. It's literally called Harriet. It's only been recently made. But you can see how her faith uh, led her as she rescued the slaves. Johnny Erickson Tata. She, she as a 17-year-old, dove into a bay and she fractured her spine and she was left a quadriplegic without even the use of her hands. Depressed and suicidal, Johnny turned to God and found new faith for her life. Her story is one of triumph through struggle. She's become an acclaimed painter, recording artist, author, speaker, actor in her own life movie and tireless advocate through international ministry for those who are disabled. What a strong woman. Susanna Wesley may be most known as the mother to Charles and John Wesley. Despite multiple uh, difficulties in her marriage, finances, infant loss and more, her faith and discipleship were great influences for her children, leading her to be called the mother of Methodism. She is known for the provision she made for her children in difficult circumstances and for her very, very disciplined prayer and Bible life. Susanna was strong. And Evangeline Booth was the first woman appointed General of the Salvation Army. And during her years of leadership, the organisation doubled the number of facilities and set both property holdings and bank accounts in the millions. She also took the Salvation Army, uh, Army's humanitarian practice of providing for the needy of the of the poor to the war in Europe and her efforts were applauded by the US government. Evangeline was an incredibly strong woman and I really loved reading her book of her life. And as I look around today, I see that God continues to rise up in our church, to raise up strong women Women in our church who are ASA connectors. I know that there have been women who diligently serve, who are hardworking. They serve here in the church, they serve in their working place. Women who have faced a lot of adversity. I see single women, married women, divorced women, widowed women, women who are mothers, women who are not. But this is what I know from what the Bible tells us today. Women, all women, were made for incredible purpose. Incredible purpose to stand strong. And it is my hope today that this, this uh, statistic of confidence would be flipped on its head. Because it is not God's narrative for our life. It is not what he has ordained for us to be. We are not a group of people who are less than in any way. We stand beside, we stand beside as equals, standing with our wonderful Christian brothers. And we cheer each other on. We stand beside them as allies in this battle that is before us, using the strength that God has given us. So let us rise to the challenges laid before us.
as Asa Connectos. Strong counterparts on earth, each with our own gifting and each with our own calling. And right now, I would love to pray for our women because some of us have had this narrative in the back of our mind that we are a little bit less than. And I just don't want you to leave today feeling that in any way. I want you to know that God designed you to be equals and to be standing alongside in this battle and to be equals with strength. And we have seen accounts in the Bible today where God has chosen women as amazing examples for us to follow. So, women, would you mind standing so I could bless you today? And if you are, um, if you're here with um, somebody in your family, if you would like to just uh, touch their arm or something while I pray for them, that would be lovely. So, please stand, women, and I would love to pray for all of you today. Lord God, I just thank you. I thank you for all of the women in this room. I thank you for the huge blessing that they are to us as a church, to our community, and I thank you that they are such a blessing to their families as well. Lord, I just pray that if there has ever been a feeling that they are less than, Lord, I pray that you would replace that right now with an image for each of them as being an Azar Connecto. Lord, I pray that they would be able to stand in that space knowing that they have the strength that we find from you, Lord, that they can uh, go out into the world fulfilling roles that you are calling them to be. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, be with any of the women here today that are going through personal struggles right now. Lord, would you be their comforter? Would you be their strength in whatever they face? Lord, I pray that you would bestow peace on all of our women, that they would be able to sit in comfort with you, Lord, knowing the peace that only you can give them. And Lord, I pray that you would just be with them, guiding them into their purposes, whatever purposes you have before them, Lord. I thank you for that. And I pray, Lord, that you would bring clarity to those purposes now. Lord, would you bless every woman in this room abundantly. Would they know you in every way, Lord? And I pray, God, that you would, they would feel you with them in whatever they uh, face in the coming weeks and months. Lord, bless them now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, ladies. To all of our mums, do have a wonderful day today. All of our uh, grandparents and everybody else, um, and God bless you. If you would love to stay behind for tea and coffee, please do that. We would love to catch up with you. If anybody would like prayer this morning, I'll be up the front. Looks like I'm the only pastor in the room, but if anybody else would like to pray for people, they're welcome to come and do that too. Uh, God bless you. Have a lovely day.